0: Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is 10 Keys to Life-Giving Communication. Now I'm going to be sharing this in the context of people wanting to upgrade their teaching and preaching to groups And so some of the things that I'll say will be very specific to that. But I didn't title it 10 Keys to Effective Preaching and Teaching. I wanted to title it about 10 Keys to Life-Giving Communication. Because this is a message for parents to hear. This is a message for spouses to hear. This is a message for leadership teams to hear. So here we go. (laughs) I'm fired up about this. Number one is believe you are talking to great people. Now who you believe you're talking to will determine the level of empowerment in your words. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if we have bad beliefs about the people we're talking to, it's going to create words that are not life-giving. Jesus said in John 6, my words are spirit and they are life. I did a Facebook Live with Shabush. He's from India. He's on my team. And he was talking to me about what brought a tipping point in his life to see miracles happen and i was waiting and i was surprised at his answer he talked about the story in first kings chapter 3 where solomon was told hey what do you want ask one thing it'll be given to you and he asked in verse 9 for wisdom but verse 8 says he was talking about the people that he was leading He said, these people are great, they are chosen, they are numerous. They are great, they are chosen, they are numerous. They're great, they're chosen with a great calling from God. They're numerous, their influence is numerous. Once you affect them, it's going to create a ripple effect. He said that alone brought great increase to his healing ministry because he realized that it wasn't just about him, it was about them. It was about their calling, their assignment, their influence. So, number one, we believe that we are talking to great people. They want to do it right, especially those who are in Christ. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5:16, I regard no man after the flesh. Even non-Christians, though. It's powerful, because people tend to rise to the beliefs of the important people in their lives. People tend to rise to the level of the beliefs of the important people in their lives. Number two key to life-giving communication is to understand the variety of types of people who will be listening. Don't just assume they're all in one category. Don't just assume they have all the same knowledge of the Bible. Think about different people in different life situations. It'll expand your communication. It will help you connect with different types of people. Number three is connect with, honor, and thank those who have gone before you. Connect with, honor, and thank those who have gone before you. Effective public speakers, ministers, teachers, merge into what's already moving and they understand what's already moving. They thank people who have maybe done ministry in the service preceding them. They acknowledge them. They acknowledge the person who introduced them. They're thankful for the strengths and the history of the organization that they're speaking at. Once people feel seen, understood, and appreciated, it will increase the likelihood of them receiving from you. And then number four is very similar, but I'll put it here for its own. Partner well with a service leader. If you're teaching in a church, if you're speaking to a business or to an organization, Partner with the leader of that meeting. Communicate well with them. Understand any do's and don'ts that, that they would think is important. Understand time restraints. And once you follow through on that, you will build trust. Especially if it's your first time speaking in a place. One of the most important things that's happening is for them to determine whether they can trust you. And I was a senior leader of a church and I know that giving my pulpit to people, I didn't just give it to anybody. And so once we understand that and understand the service leader either as that person or a delegated person from that person or group who's put trust in you, then you're honoring them and partnering well with them is really important. Number five is use humor, but use it wisely. Humor is powerful. We can have people laugh. It breaks tension. It brings heart connection. But never use humor to, at the expense of somebody else. Never use humor to put others down. One of the best ways to use humor is, is mild self-deprecating humor where you're laughing at yourself laughing at your idiosyncrasies laughing at some of the normal things in life use humor wisely and it'll connect hearts to you number six is determine how you want your audience to feel at the end of your message determine how you want your audience to feel At the end of your message or at the end of your communication with your child or whoever. In my book, Culture of Empowerment, I wrote with my brother Phil, who's got a PhD in speech communications. He writes a great chapter on public speaking. One of the things that he highlights in that chapter is this how do I want them to feel? It's really a greater question than what do I want them to know? Because if you can determine how you want them to feel, I want them to feel hopeful. I want them to grow in their confidence. I want them to feel empathy towards other people. Whatever the goal is, then that will affect how you present your message, what illustrations you'll use, etc., Number seven, understand these three keys to increase favor for your message or increase the likelihood of favor. Understand these three keys to increase the likelihood of you having favor on your message. And I'm talking now in a church setting, ministry, teaching, preaching. Use ample amount of scripture. Base what you're saying on solid scriptural foundation. Number two, share your own struggles to embrace what you're teaching. Don't just come in at the expert and high and mighty and talking down to people. When I share on joy, which is one of my primary messages, I talk about my own struggle of entering in the joy, my own Warfare in my own mind, really trying to figure out whether it was biblical, whether I had the personality for it. It helps people embrace it. And then number three is share what you're not saying. Inserting this is what I'm not saying. Anticipating the anxiety points of the people who are listening to your message and proactively addressing those. For instance, when I talk about joy, I will say, but I'm not saying we laugh all the time. I know we don't laugh all the time. The Bible says, weep with those who weep. I pastored, I was a senior pastor for 17 years, and I know. One of the things we do, all we do is put our arms around people and cry. I get that. But the joy of the Lord is still our strength, and I believe it's been devalued. Number eight is decide what to share. Decide what to say. I know as a speaker, as a preacher, even sometimes when I'm releasing prophetic ministry or giving a, I I will be double-minded. And then when I finally decide, I'll, I'll decide in doubt instead of deciding in faith. Do the best job you know how, how to do in determining what to speak on, but then decide in faith. My dog Duncan's barking in the background. Maybe you can hear him. He's he's one of my joy mentors. When I grow up, I want to be like Duncan. He has joy unbarkable and full of glory. His joy actually shows. Number nine, tell those listening more who they are than what to do. Focus more on what Jesus has done than on what they need to do. Let me say that again. Tell those listening more who they are than what to do. Focus more on what Jesus has done than what they need to do. I love the book of Ephesians. It's six chapters. Watchman Nee wrote a book called Sit, Walk, Stand, The first three chapters is sit. Understand your position in Christ. You're seated in heavenly places. Understand all of that. Then chapters 4 and 5, walk. Don't lie. Don't steal. Only say edifying words. Yeah, it's important to teach those things, but it's more important to get the identity down because we can't consistently do what we don't believe we are. And in chapter six is stand. Stand with the armor of God on. Don't overuse words like you must, you need to, you have to. Those words, if we overuse them, are really showing that we may be a works of a law, Preacher, teacher, versus a finished work preacher or teacher. I'm not saying absolutely, but if we overuse those words, we're, we may be introducing people or having people continue in the works of the law. Even the overuse of the words, I encourage you, can sometimes indicate that we're putting more focus on what they need to do than their identity again people can't consistently do what they don't believe they are and then avoid negative habits in speaking like talking too fast monotone voice using words like you know repeatedly or uh filler words and those things listen if you're using those i remember my goal when i first started speaking was survival I wasn't focused on that. I just didn't want to make a fool of myself. Well, God will take us where we're at. But just as you grow, get some feedback, get some people listening to you who can help you overcome maybe some distracting faults or tendencies. I'll put it that way. Well, hey, 10 keys to life-giving communication Believe you are talking to great people. Understand the variety of types of people who will be listening. Connect with, honor, and thank those who have gone before you. Partner well with a service leader. Use humor wisely. Determine how you want your audience to feel at the end of the message. Understand three keys to increase favor for your message using scripture. Sharing your own struggle to embrace your own message and share what you're not saying. Number eight, decide what to share. Nine, tell them much more who they are than what to do in your messages, and avoid certain distracting tendencies. Again, my book, The Culture of Empowerment, has a great chapter on public speaking, but the whole book will take your speaking to a higher level. It's available in audio, audible.com. And it's available in Kindle or on our website, ignitinghope.com. Great book for leaders. Great book for leadership teams. I believe you'll never be the same again after that book. By the way, my wife Wendy is doing a two-month victorious emotions course. We'll be sharing on that this weekend. I'm recording this Thanksgiving time right before Thanksgiving. If you're not on our website, get on on our mailing list, email list, at ignitinghope.com for more information on that and some, some discounts that will be available to those in our Igniting Hope family. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. We are here to ignite your hope. And remember, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. I'm the biblical optimism, not positive thinking. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. Pretty much for everybody listening, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. <laughs> our circumstances tell us this is not a day for radical joy. Joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. In that season when I'm not battling any uncertainties for the future, any tendencies in my life that I don't like, when I'm not battling any financial situations, when I'm only hearing good news through the media, then I'll be joyful, ha, <laughs> ha. That's ridiculous. Today's the day of salvation. And I say this, I need strength today. So I'm stirring up my joy today. And I believe God's releasing grace on you to do that as well. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If these minister to you, tell somebody else about them. And feel free to email us at info at ignitinghope.com and just tell us, hey, I'm blessed by your podcast. Bless you much. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.